Through the years, as I have counseled with hundreds of people trying to make sense of their anger, I have learned one thing. There is always something more that feeds the anger than what is observed on the surface. Angry people may appear strong, willful, or certain, but be assured that beneath the veneer are fear and loneliness and insecurity and pain. Especially, there is pain. Whether they admit it or not, angry people are hurt people, and they have somehow come to believe that they can resolve their own pain by inflicting pain upon others. Their reasoning is usually subconscious. Nonetheless, each time anger is misapplied, it is a reflection of a deep wound that longs to be healed. As I work with individuals trying to overcome anger's harmful effects, I recognize that they will remain trapped inside their own anger if they do not learn to peer deeply inside their souls to explore the factors that give impetus to their anger. Yes, they will need to learn techniques, if you will, that would represent an improved means of addressing frustration, and they can certainly be expected to learn the difference between healthy and unhealthy forms of anger. They need to recognize, though, that a mere attempt to adjust anger's manifestation without also digging into the matters generating the pain produce superficial change at best. To be released from the trap of anger, these persons need to identify the cry behind the rage. Exasperation was written all over Julie's face as she sat in my office with her husband, Steve. We've been married six years, she explained and during that time I've hardly known a moment of peace. When we dated, Steve had been a perfect gentleman. In fact, he was so nice to me and my kids that it almost seemed too good to be true. Well, in the first month of marriage I learned that it was too good to be true. This guy has a temper like no one I know. Julie's face turned red and tears watered her eyes as she tried to keep her composure. In our first few months of marriage, I learned that he had dozens of do's and don'ts regarding the ways life should unfold. He had rules for everything, and if I or one of my kids broke a rule, the floodgates of anger would burst wide open. Julie went on to explain that Steve could curse easily at her, calling her foul names and making wild accusations. Sometimes he would slam doors, throw things, or punch his fist into a wall. When driving his truck, he would tailgate motorists who drove too slowly, and he often made nasty remarks, even though it would do absolutely nothing to move the traffic along more smoothly. Steve had never been fired from his job as a plumbing contractor, but that was because he owned the company. Through the years, he had worn out one employee after another because he could be so moody and belligerent. Anger seemed to be the defining feature of his personality. When I asked Steve what he thought about the things being related by Julie, he grinned and shrugged. What can I say? She's right, I've got a temper. But hey, don't most people? It's not like I beat her or anything like that. Yeah, I could probably stand to lighten up a little, but it's not like I'm some sort of criminal. With that response, Julie heaved a great sigh. He's impossible and I don't know if he'll ever get it.
His anger is draining me, and I'm not able to handle it much longer. If he's not careful, he's going to get his third divorce because I'm not going to keep putting up with it, just like his first two wives wouldn't. In my counseling office, I encounter people like Steve who seem to retreat toward anger like an old friend who is not really good for them, but is familiar. Despite many damaging experiences, they keep going back to the familiar anger patterns because they know no other way to respond when their world becomes problematic. Family members and friends may plead with them to change tactics, but to no avail. Even after apologies are offered and promises for improvement are made, the ugly forms of anger predictably return.